my name is Chris Fett and welcome to Two Defeats from a Crisis on Saturday at 3. On this episode we'll be going through Rangers 3-0 victory over Hearts at Tynecastle and joining me to do this is first of all Dave. Dave, how are you doing mate? Good mate, still positive and upbeat considering our recent form. Yeah, <laughs> um, and joining Dave and I is also Kenny. Hi mate, enjoyed that last night, yeah. Oh, fantastic, Kenny. This is going to be a wonderfully positive pod. It's um, literally zero negatives. I'm trying to think of negatives to get out of the way just so we can go right into the positive stuff, but there's not even one negative. Uh, actually, do you know what? There is. There is. Um, and it is the very first thing. The Rangers' starting lineup was McGregor, Tav, Goldson, Ben Davis, Borna Barisic, John Lundstrom, Glenn Kamara, Malik Tillman, Fashion Sakala, Ryan Kent, and Alfredo Morelos. Now, I said before the game, and I'm going to just get this out of the way very quickly, we have done a very big pod on the transfer dealings, but I said before the game that despite having the two players in, which I'm very, very happy with, that summed up Rangers' transfer window for me, the fact that it was February the 1st and there was not one new player in the starting 11. Now, I get that the Ras- uh, that Raskin had the work permit situation. I get that Cantwell's not exactly fit. I understand all that. I'm not having a go at those two. It's just, it's just not what I expected in January the 1st. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, there's obviously the big transfer pod, which has also dropped this week. But, guys, uh, Ken, I'll come to you first. Would you have similar thought to me or did it not bother you as much? Didn't bother me as much, to be honest. I, I, I didn't particularly expect Cantwell to start last night. Um, and Raskin only came in the day before, doesn't have a work permit. Uh, but, yeah, I expected better from the transfer market. So, uh, Sorry, from the transfer window, I beg your pardon. Um, so, yeah, I would have expected a couple of new signings to be uh, strutting their stuff at Tynecastle, but it didn't happen. Dave, what about yourself? On the night... It was the best lineup we could have put out, taking into account what you've said about the the new signings. However, had you asked me in mid-December, will you be happy if we start the first game of February with this lineup? The answer would obviously have been, well, no, I want three or four new signings in. So it depends how you look at it, I suppose. I know. It's, that, that is the point I was only ever trying to make. It was just, you know, it was my fear that this would have happened and it did happen. But... Overall, it didn't actually matter because Rangers produced their finest performance of the season by far. Rangers have had patches of good form, patches of good play, patches of individual brilliance. But in terms of overall team performance, every every single thing clicked into place last night. Mitigating circumstances for maybe the joint man of the match performances of John Lundstrom and Glenn Kamara could have been the fact that Nico Raskin was sitting up in the stand watching them, could have been the fact that Todd Cantwell was sitting on the bench watching them, so that overall benefits the team as well, the fact that these two guys are not even on the field yet and quite clearly they're already having some sort of a positive impact because let's be honest, those two guys couldn't have found their their arse with their two hands Um, at some points this season, they were Pretty woeful at large points of this season, actually. But last night, they were absolutely perfect. I know it's not how we always like to start these pods by talking about individuals. We like to go through kind of goal by goal, instance by instance. But I, I think it's only fair that, you know, we've been really critical, especially John Lundstrom. Me, myself, I've gave John Lundstrom it tight this year. And by the way, I think it's completely justified. But um, if I'm going to give it out when I feel that he deserves it I also have to give out praise when I feel that he deserves it last night it was phenomenal and um, I, this might be this might sound like a a, a kind of undercurrent of maybe a, a fin, thinly veiled bit of criticism it's really really not I genuinely feel this 
as good as Lundstrom was, I felt Kamara was better. Kamara, that was peak Glenn Kamara last night. Majestical. Um, Kamara can do things that not many that play for Rangers can do. And last night, he showed a lot of it. Don't get me wrong, tired a wee bit towards the end, but by then, the game was done. Dave, I know you love Glenn Kamara as much as me. You must have been delighted to see that. Oh, but big fan. I think he's terrific. He's one of these guys that just... He's, he's never going to be a first name in the team sheet kind of guy, but he's he's one of these guys I would always have on the side. Uh, movement off the ball, use of the ball, pressing, getting beyond the lines because Lindstrom gave him a platform. Clever use of the ball. Excellent, as you say, those two created a platform that Hearts kind of got in behind us a couple of times. If there's one super critical comment I have to make about the current form, it's quite, if you get through the press, you can kind of get a chance. Aberdeen did it and Hearts did it a few times last night, but getting through the press is difficult and we're overwhelming teams. But Kamara, aye, excellent. I, I, he's going to hopefully thrive under Bill and he's a guy I just love having on the side, love watching. And aye, glad to see him back to something close to his peak. Kenny, if me and, uh, me and Dave are going to wax lyrical about Glenn Kamara, then you have the platform to wax lyrical about John Lundstrom's fantastic performance last night. No, can I wax lyrical about Glenn Kamara instead? Aye, uh, <laughs> no, seriously, the the pair of them were outstanding in the middle of the park. Absolutely brilliant. Um, special mention as well for Ben Davies as well, who I thought was ridiculously good on the night as well. Uh, just the almost the perfect team performance last night, and the 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 midfield. Uh, that's what I expect the Rangers midfield to look like, and the two of them. Wandered about, chest puffed out, and absolutely owned Tyne Castle last night. Absolutely incredible, for a incredible performance from the pair of them actually. And yeah, uh, Lundstrom looked to be fitter than he has done for a long, long time last night. And I don't know, as you say, if it's just the knowledge that you know there's people in the door that might take your place. I don't know, but absolutely amazing. The pair of them actually had to say who was better than the other, but I tend to agree with you. I'd probably just go with Kamara. Utterly, utterly majestic last night. Yeah, absolutely. Rangers started like a freight train. We were rampant right from the whistle. Now, seen it a few times, especially under Bill, we were for a right good start, but it, the, the drop-off is just remarkable, really, um, to the point where I've seen teams like Aberdeen for the last 15-20 minutes of the first half, dominating it. Um, but last night, there was no drop-off at all. Rangers had a mission last night, and we were in a hurry to accomplish that. Um, Six-minute, Fashion Sakala gets in, boom, 1-0, VAR calls it back. To me, I've watched it back. It's the tightest of tight VAR calls. It's, it's what I call an English Premier League VAR call, however... The English Premier League have more have a finer um, bit of technology where they can actually identify the bit of shoelace that is offside, whereas it, it seems that the Scottish VR is very standard across the board. Uh, so, Dave, I'll come to you about this. Because the Scottish VR is nowhere near the level of the English VAR, how could they really have said that? I'm, no, I'm really not getting any conspiracy theory here, but how could they have con- com- confidently have said with the technology they've got at hand that it was offside? It was, it, to me, as I said, I've watched it back. It's it's online for me. Um, I mean, your interpretation might be that it is very slightly offside. That's fine. 
but certainly from what I've seen and haven't seen it back, it's 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 a it's a call that is on the line, and if it's on the line, then it's it's onside. Uh, it looked very very tight to me. It was one of the ones I think you need that extra detail to be able to see yeah. one way or the other. Absolutely. Uh, aye, I mean one of the things for VR is supposed to be consistency of application of rules, but if you fundamentally don't have the consistency of technology, it won't lead to the same outcomes and. We are, I think, all fans of our on this pod. It has its <laughs> it has its critics up here. Yeah. Wishing to sort of discuss that, but I not a great decision. But thankfully, it wasn't material outcome because of how good we were overall. I think at that point, though, Dave, that is a good point because I think at that point that was that was my worry. Oh, here we go. The heads are going to go down. The decisions went against us. And uh, like, me too. I. I. There's going to be a bit of petulance here. But three minutes after that, Ryan Kent gets the ball out wide, floats a ball in. There's Alfredo Morelos right in where all good strikers should be in that six-yard box. Heads, uh, heads the ball home, slides in front of the, the Hearts fans. The Hearts fans are absolutely spewing. Um, Kenny Alfredo Morelos is the king of time, Castle, isn't he? He is. Um, again. Uh, good finish as well. Yeah, just up high, headers it uh, miles past their keeper. Um, yeah, uh, look, it was it was actually a really nice goal as well. The, the whole move was quite nice. Um, delighted for him, and look, he he's an enigma as Mister Morelos, isn't he? But uh, yeah, he had a great game last night, and he took his goal, his first goal really, really well. I thought. And we seem to be in a hurry to get that colour second, which we're not particularly in the habit of doing so. Um, it really, really is no exaggeration. We've all, anybody who's listened to this podcast will have seen it, you know, would have watched it live somewhere and all, whether you were sitting in your house kidding on, you were in France, Belgium, etc., etc., with a via VPN, um, because ridiculously this game was um, broadcast live, which obviously Michael Wheel wasn't very happy about. Um, that's a discussion for another day, I suppose, but it, it really was all Rangers, it uh, was rampant. Um, we didn't really create too much, but we had a lot of the ball and we were looking dangerous with it, but Hearts kind of kept their shape. We then forced a corner, corner comes in, um, and it gets worked out wide uh, from the corner to Bonner, who then floats the ball in with a header down by Connor Golson and tucked away by Malik Tillman. That is the classic, Kenny, the classic training ground manoeuvre coming off on the field when it matters most. And do you know something? I've seen Connor Golson animated quite a few times in his, his career with Rangers, of course I have, but I've, I've, I very rarely have seen him so, so fucking delighted about, about um, getting a goal scored. And I think there's there's a, an element of he was just so happy that something they've been working on has came off in a real-time game and it's 2-0 Rangers and it's at Tynecastle and we're cruising. And I think his expression of delight really was everybody in the stand and everybody watching at home. Yeah, he lost it, didn't he? He loved it. Um, yeah, and it shows you what it means to them. Uh, that that was the great thing about that that particular goal. It's always nice when you see that that kind of um, a training ground move. That it's quite intricate as well. You know, it's but Barisic. I thought he had overhit the cross, but he's actually waited for Connor Goldson to make his run. Uh, it's a really difficult header for Connor Goldson to get back across because he's at full stretch and. Uh, twisting his neck to get it back and then it's a brilliant finish from Tillman absolutely tremendous and you could see uh, not just Goldson, you can actually see the, the whole lot of them, they they loved it but it's already a gif isn't it from 
Connor Goldson. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I know you love a bit of shithouse today, Dave, and we will certainly be coming on to a bit of shithouse today later, and there's some controversial comments made by an ex-Rangers player about it, but you must have been loving that with Big Goldson. Loved it. It's, you put it in the chat, and I was just about to, and the, his big face, I tweeted it earlier this morning. His big face. It's scary, says you love to see that for players, that emotion. It's that sense of, yes, we're tuning it up. Something we've worked on, I fucking, yes, that's come off. Brilliant. And the game's done. Absolutely love it. Do you know, you're absolutely right. I, I said at the time, if we got a second tier, the game's done. I'm not saying Rangers were going to go in and get a third, a fourth, a fifth or a sixth. I mean, we did try. Um, you know, a few more goals were disallowed, etc. But uh, I just couldn't see Hearts getting back into this at all if we get that second goal. It's something we don't do recently in terms of killing the game off after getting the first goal. Everything came off last night. We were in at half time. We were cruising. Hearts did not know what had hit them. We discussion. I know that's really Disney concern us at all in the slightest, and we don't really care. But I think it's I think it's worth noting because Hearts are making a bit a, a wee bit of noise at the moment. There's, there's there's things coming out of Tin Castle that um I both admire and uh, controversially laugh um in almost the same kind of breath because I do admire the ambition, but it's so laughable um in my opinion that what they want to achieve is. There's no way they can achieve what they're they're stating, and that is they want to win the league. They they've they've come out and said this. This is what their long term ambition is. Now I'm all for that, but um, the lineup from Robbie Nielsen last night suggested that he wanted to have a go. Now the Hearts fans are angry at that, and I wouldn't say it's arrogance. It's it's brave, obviously, but it just shows you how far away the best team in Scotland out with the the out with the old firm are. If if they're kind of at home going to have a go at this Rangers team and they were blown away I think the phrase is Dave we put them right back in their box aye absolutely I mean that's as good a performance as I can remember at Tyne Castle I know we beat them there 4-0 earlier in the season but in terms of aggression fight spirit everything we beat them 4-0 but early season games are different affairs to midweek floodlight mid-season games and they're always harder so that's as good as I can remember. We absolutely put him in the sword. It could have been seven without complaint, as we've said, the VAR decisions and the chances, and even in the last minute, Xander Clark made a decent block for what would have been a beautiful OG. It does show the gap, but I've got to say, I, I, I praise the ambition, and I would like to see a club maybe spend, I don't want to spend their way into trouble, but press and have the ambition to press Rangers and Celtic for the title. I think the game would benefit from it. Up here, I think too many clubs, one club in particular, who are in the doldrums at the minute, set their stall out every season to compete in the league in a different way by influencing the outcome, I raising their game against us and not against Celtic. And that's the summit of their ambitions. It is when you see the old guys on Twitter, I'm sure I've seen it talking about winning the league. You could just calm down a minute, mate. But do you know what? Fair play. I hope they, they can make a fist it, but they certainly never made a fist it last night because... They get out of their own half three times, and that was it. Rangers just absolutely obliterated any hopes they had of scoring or getting on the getting off the mark last night. Never mind pushing for a title. Yeah, absolutely, Kenny. What's your thoughts on the Hearts' ambition? Uh, I, I admire it, and as Dave says, he's you know I've seen the video. The old fella, um, the old fella, he's probably about my age. Ridiculous, but um, I've seen the video of the the boy talking about that. How he wants to, you know. 
he fully expects to see uh, Hearts win that league uh, over the next, what's he said, 26, 27 or something like that. Um, yeah. Look, I actually, listen, it might be a wee bit controversial, but I actually think that every Hearts fan, every Hibs fan, every Aberdeen fan for that matter, should be thinking that way. Because if you get that positivity, your crowds will go up. Um, if you get the right manager uh, who can work with the budget that Hearts have, then you can be the the best of the rest. But if you can be the best of the rest, uh, and excluding Rangers and Celtic here, but win like 90% of your games, you're going to challenge. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, it, then no. comes, it then comes down to your games against Rangers and Celtic, how well you do. Now, the laws of uh, averages, you know, the, the rules of the game almost in, in, in today's terms kind of states that the teams with the bigger budgets tend to win leagues. That, that's the way it works. If you look across Europe, that's kind of the way it works. But I do admire the ambition. I... Uh, I think they're they're a, they're a really well run club. They they've got a good manager. I actually like Robbie Nielsen. He got it wrong last night. To be fair, he, he came out and had far too much of a go in the first half, or tried to have a go. He just wasn't allowed to. But they were far too open. But he's a young manager and he'll learn. Um, but if every uh, big provincial club in Scotland thought that way, it'd be a damn sight better league, mate. Honestly, it really would. Uh, and I wish. The, the likes of Aberdeen wouldn't uh, literally just raise their game four times a season and then sit in with 10 men behind the ball against Celtic because we're a wee bit scared and stuff like that. Um, same with Hibs. There's, there's always been a thing in this country uh, about trying to trying that little bit harder against Rangers. It's just the way it is. But if they actually applied themselves with that mentality throughout the course of the season... We'd have a far, far better league. Honestly, we really would. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So the second half started. Rangers again, they're on the front foot. Um, it's, it starts as it ended, really. Um, Rangers just looking dominant, um, winning everything. Oh, second balls, first balls, um, showing more desire. Uh, and I, I think that's a, a big thing in, in this particular match, was the desire shown by Rangers, the work ethic put in the application, the the fitness seemed to be returning. The, there was a, a noted um, improvement in that, if you if you just want to talk about the physical stuff rather than the technical stuff. Um, and we had a breakaway again, and Kent went into the box, and it, it went by his man, and the it, it went down, and Rangers were awarded a penalty by John Beaton. It then went to VAR, and on closer inspection, um, Kent left a leg in, which, you know, it, I'm going to call Ryan Kent a cheat. I mean, if he'd done that every week, I probably would call him a cheat, even though he is one of my own players, but it's, it's not something that he does regularly. In fact, I can't remember the last time that he went down as uh, soft as that, because I, I think it's a soft um, attempt at trying to win a penalty. I don't think it's a blatant, hard attempt to try to win a penalty. He was trying to be cute, and, and, and another day he might actually get away with it, but at the end of the day, the rules are the rules. He tried to con the ref, um, and he was rightfully booked, and it absolutely wasn't a penalty. You take, you take these things on the... The theory of how would you feel if it was given against your own team? Um, you'd be fucking raging, Dave. I thought that was never a penalty for me. As soon as he flicks the leg out looking for the contact, I said at the time, nah, this VAR's never going to let this stand. And then VAR 
arrived at the right decision and again as a point of principle you want that it's easier to say when you're obviously quite comfortable in the game and it's not crucial but you want Vardy to play things with an even hand and aye he's, he's not that type of player Kent I don't think he goes down easy despite getting some rough stuff he saw an opportunity took it backfired took the booking all's fair and loving war as they say and as you also say, that's why Var's there. Uh, Kenny, one thing that did particularly annoy me about this instance, though, was obviously uh, after the game, um, Michael Beale was asked by Sky Sports if he was going to have a word with Ryan Kent. Now, that's fair enough. If Ryan Kent is um, a perpetual uh, cheat, if you want to call him that, he's not. We know he's not. Everyone in Scotland knows he's not. Um, Ryan Kent won us countless number of penalties in Europe um, and if he was cheating then he would have got caught then. This is just one instance where Ryan Kent tried something and he'll probably never do it again yet Michael Beals having to field questions like this. Now I know we don't like to talk about the other team here but there was several um, I'm talking three, four instances of Kyogo going down very very softly and Postacoglu was never once asked anything like that. Um, just a quite ridiculous double standard and it, pro- it, it annoyed me and it probably shouldn't have, but you can see why I'm annoyed. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't know that actually. That's the first I've heard that. I didn't re- even realise that. And if I'm Michael Beale and I'm having a word with him, I'm saying to him, be a wee bit cuter next time. Uh, just wait. I just wait an extra tenth of a second and you will get the contact uh, utter nonsense. Imagine the meltdown if Bill said that the weaker content would be worth it uh-huh. I'm going to say it to Kent I'm going to tell him to make sure next time Exactly. And it's, they fucking see he'd be off the charts uh, But that's exactly my point uh, what, kind, what kind of answer are you expecting with a question like that because any man that says yeah I'm going to have a word with him <laughs> it's just that's, that's silly uh, and doesn't surprise me from Sky Sports actually lately, uh, and I, I tend to agree a little bit off track here, but I tend to agree with Michael Beale and what you said five minutes ago, Chris. The fact that it wasn't on TV is an utter, utter nonsense. I mean, it's out with a Ranger Celtic game, perhaps. It's probably the biggest game in Scotland, isn't it? And it's not even on telly. Nonsense. And the thing is, as well, Kenny added into that, when was the last time you seen a bad Rangers Hearts game? Really? At Tynecastle? You, yeah. you, well, certainly at Tynecastle, yeah. every every game at Tynecastle with uh, I, I would go as far to say every game at Tynecastle with Rangers, Celtic, Hibs and Hearts should be on TV. Uh, they're always good games. They're, well, they might not be great games in terms of technical ability, but they're always good games to watch. So it's Sky yet again. Well, we're saying Sky yet again, it is obviously ultimately their decision, but, you know, we know what we're signed up to there, um, and this is, there, there has to be, I heard, um, obviously, on Heart and Hand, they, they were discussing this as well, so I don't obviously want to come across as um, stealing their content, but it certainly is a good point that Andy McGowan made. There needs to be some sort of addendum in this uh, contract where these midweek games which Sky don't pick up, the clubs should be allowed to sell those games on their own TV channels because the fact that fans were effectively locked out completely last night, um, we know we know we weren't. And I think that that's the thing, though. I think Sky 
and the and the clubs know that one way or another we are going to get to watch it. We will find a way, but surely in a post-pandemic era, clubs should be benefiting for this. Even if it's Hearts that sell the game and not Rangers, and then Hearts kind of give Rangers a kickback at twenty thirty percent, the Rangers fans will pump money into Hearts just to watch the team play. Of course we will. You know what I mean? If if it's the home team that have exclusive rights to sell it. It will not stop Rangers fans from purchasing it and it will benefit these smaller clubs in the post-pandemic era. Is that just too much common sense for Scottish football, Dave? I think so. I mean, sure, there was times when it's been away games and it's like East Fife TV and we've overloaded their servers by trying to buy it and things like that. It's it's ridiculous it wasn't on TV. As you say, the, the TV deals are shambles and all it's doing is pushing people into illegal streaming, VPN, yeah. IPTE. I know there was a push down south about that recently, but that's a, a symptom of the problem of overpriced TV subscriptions and poor coverage. Clubs should be allowed to, dis- in my view, allowed to distribute their rights as as they see fit up to a point. Obviously, you need a TV deal for the money, but for games like that, keeping that in a blackout so that you as you say, Kenny, midweek, under lights at Tynecastle, really tight ground, fans on top of it, it creates an atmosphere. It's one of the best grounds in... British football, in my view, for atmosphere and intensity, it's, it should be a no-brainer to televise that because it will sell. Looks good on TV because of the way the stadium is. It's aye, it's a no-brainer to sell that. Brilliant stadium, always full, uh, always a decent game. It, it's an absolute disgrace. And, and go, don't want to go into a deep dive on the TV deal, but never mind even t- you know clubs having the rights you know the, the, to to sell it. They should have the rights to to put it on Amazon, put it on Viaplay, put it on wherever they like. Yeah. Uh, they should have the rights to sell this to the masses. People will pay, will pay for this. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy deal. Does not make sense at all. Back to the football. Um, Fashion Sakala was played through on goal and he finishes with a plum. An absolute brilliant finish on the 56th minute. Rangers go 3-0 up. However, there's a VAR call again. This one is offside. Um, But if we ignore the offside for just a minute, Dave, his composure um, in front of goal is improving week on week because he didn't know he was offside at the time and he was fully composed and slotted at home. Um, he couldn't buy a goal last night because of the VR, but the, the impact this guy's having in this Rangers team at the moment is just utterly fantastic. Aye, brilliant. As you say, he's starting to deliver now. It's taking him a, a while to find his place in the team. And remember, he, has, he was a Beal and Gerrard transfer, or he came in under the arena, so he's maybe just taking his time to settle in now that Beal's back. But he's played his way for being a kind of fringe figure. Maybe not, laughing stock's not the right word, but certainly a kind of cult hero maybe is a better word to be a new guy that we need to take seriously and say right he's actually a contributor to this team he's he's likely to create something a goal and assist he's potentially Morelos doesn't go offside he's got an assist he himself isn't marginally offside he's got two goals uh, aye it's, it's no time to start taking fashion a wee bit more seriously because he is a fucking lovable guy and he's got the kind of zaniness but definitely now for me a starter solving the problem on the right wing which spares Ross Wilson's blushes a wee bit. And, uh, aye, another chance. The other thing, just on that, well, I remember, as you know, I like a bit of the old XG stats, and the XG stats don't show offside goals, I don't think, because they're cut out, therefore weren't a chance. But on top of the three goals, that's three 
absolutely clear sights of goal that we also created. Fashions two and Morelos is one. So you can add them in as pretty sort of solid scores. The XG was three to fucking point zero something. It should have been closer to five or six. Because as you say, they don't know they're offside and they're playing the game as normal. I don't think any of the goals really offside as a rule for a reason, but there wasn't an advantage gained because they were in the clear on every occasion. The Hearts defender wouldn't have stopped them if they'd been 18 inches back. So that's three clear sites of goal we've created that are right chopped off. But the play leading up to it isn't invalidated by that. And a couple of great finishes for fashion who used to be one you looked forward to because of the kind of craziness that would ensue. But now you're looking forward to him because he's producing solid numbers and contributions every week. There you go, some XG content, if that's the kind of thing that does it for you there. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of listeners who are into that, but you're not going to get that kind of content from me, so that is why Dave is on the pod. Um, Kenny, before uh, I came on to Fashion to Callaway, you, I, I actually done Fashion to Callaway, but an injustice there, I have to correct myself, I said he was offside, Dave's absolutely right, it was Morelos coming deep who then played him in, it was actually Morelos who was offside, but Dave's absolutely right there, Kenny, uh, Fashion to Callaway, is now time for him to be taken very seriously because he's no longer, I don't think he was a joke figure, um, I, I think kilt figure is probably a... a, a a, a decent description of him. I think he was more of an ironic figure. Um, you know, oh, there's fashion. We don't know what he's going to do. He's going to do something crazy. He's going to do something really shit. And 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 by all accounts, that that was a, an accurate description of him. But now this is a this is a guy who's turned into a proper Rangers player. Yeah, and I'm going to take all the credit for it. Actually, I I said it on this pod uh, a few weeks. The the pod we did before the Celtic game actually, already said that he didn't want him to start. And I said I didn't have an issue with him starting at all because he caused them bother. Uh, and the boy has just been on fire ever since, hasn't he? It's been ridiculous how good he's been. And I totally agree with, with Dave. He, he's spared uh, Ross Wilson's blushes in terms of the right wing position because uh, he's, it's his. It's his to. It's his to lose. Now um, he's been. A, a bit of a revelation, and, and although I'm joking about taking any credit, it, listen, if he keeps that up, he is one of the first names on your team sheet every single week. Uh, and as you say, you were talking about there a minute ago that the composure for that first, you know, for that finish, it, it's just slotted home, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant, and yet again, uh, a fantastic performance from him, and. David mentioned it as well that he's looking uh, more and more at ease, more and more composed, more and more uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, just like a natural finisher at times. It's it's incredible, and I'm delighted for him actually because he he seems he just seems like a lovely, lovely guy. So more yeah. power to him. Absolutely, and Sakala was involved. In- then um, he played in to the right hand side, and Fashion Sakala, he's got an, he's got a choice here. He, he, he can see Morelos, and there's only really one ball that he can play to get it onto Morelos's um, kind of right foot to slot home, and it's a very difficult ball to play. So he does have an option: he either plays a very difficult ball, or he just smashes it and hopes for a ricochet, and then see what happens. Now the Fashion Sakala of a couple of months ago, I'd expect to just do that, smash it, see what happens. You never know. We might actually, the, the odds of it kind of landing at Morelos or ricocheting off a defender for an own goal are pretty much in his favour. So I would have totally understood if he took the easier option, but instead he took the more difficult option, which was inch 
perfect precision cross right into the foot of Alfredo Morelos for a tap-in, 3-0. We can talk about Morelos being in the right place at the right time all night long if we want. I would rather focus on Fashion Sakala yet again. Kenny, I cannot emphasise just how difficult that ball was for Sakala to play and for to execute it. It was just a fantastic assist and yet another goal contribution by the wee man. Yeah, and again, uh, getting on the shoulder of, of his marker uh, and using his pace, head up, total composure, not tripping over the ball that we've seen with him at times, uh, and looking uh, and watching the Morelos run, looks twice, bangs it straight to his foot. Absolutely brilliant, honestly. Uh, and, and again, uh, the one thing I would say I, I noticed, I've noticed it a couple of times recently as well, but the connection between Morelos and Sakala and the understanding that, that they've got, that you, and you actually seen it with Sakala uh, when Morelos went off last night, straight to him, big hug, clap, you know, a, a, you know, pat in the back. Uh, the pair of them obviously get, get on very, very well, and they're working well together. Uh, yeah, and they played, as you know yourself, last night at times with like a two up front uh, and. It, Joy to see, honestly, we were um, at, at our very, very best last night, and the linking from those two was was a major part of that. I thought, Dave, um, obviously, you'll have a comment about the goal um, in just a moment, but I do, I, I, I do feel as if we need to talk about this because it is something that I don't think should be ignored, and that is obviously the treatment of Alfredo Morelos by away supporters, by the media uh, and by whoever else wants to have a go. Now, it, there's there's a correlation there. They only ever do it when Morelos is back in form, so I'm glad to see it's returned because it means he's doing well. When Morelos is having a stinker of a season, which he has had up till the last couple of months, we didn't really hear many things being said about him other than the, thing, uh, other than the facts. He was out of shape. He was a bit of a disgrace. He was. We couldn't argue with that. But now Alfredo Morelos is fitting and firing. People don't like to see that. Now, the one thing that really surprised me was, well, let me go through it here. He scores the goal to make it 3-0 and win the game for Rangers. It goes to VAR again. So because VAR have been very kind to Hearts in this game, correctly, by the way, albeit we had that discussion about the Sicala goal, but let's just say they got that spot on as well. The Hearts fans are expecting this one to be called off as well. And a chant of you fat bastard is then kind of... Um, sung by by the Hearts supporters whilst Alfredo Morelos is waiting to find out if the goal is scored. The goal uh, is then confirmed, so Morelos does his knee slide and then he puts his finger up to his mouth to say shush. Now, we've seen it in the, the North London derby with Aaron Ramsey. Um, I'm saying Aaron Ramsey, Aaron Ramsdale, Aaron Ramsdale, where he was taking shitloads of abuse um, and then he gave a wee bit back and down there, Every single pundit was like, Do you know what, he's entitled to that because he was taking abuse and he was literally assaulted, etc, etc. He's, he's well over his rights to give a bit back, he's well over his rights to be angry. But up here, an ex-Rangers legend called him an idiot twice because he gave a bit back. It's just not good enough. Um, Neil McCann is a Rangers legend. Neil McCann is a very likeable man. Neil McCann is always welcome at Ibrox. Of course he is. I don't buy into this. He shouldn't be banned from RTV forever now and stuff. I think Neil McCann should apologise at the very minimum. 
but he's, he shouldn't be shunned, but he needs to learn that that is just not acceptable. To call Alfredo Morelos an idiot after being abused, body shamed as well, is it's just not on. And it feeds into the narrative that Alfredo Morelos is a bad heel. Uh, first of all, Alfredo's the pantomime villain, and he's the guy they all love to hate, and he's every mistake is jeered, and he's every sort of touches booed and it, it when last night's the last night when he gets the last laugh we all love it because we love him and we want to see him do well but he's since he's came here he's been treated with nothing short of a sort of racist contempt and it allows people who otherwise act as paragons of virtue to express their deepest bigotry in a comfortable setting they've got eyes it's because of who alfredo is well no because you're writing articles about him liking him to cocaine dealers and you're calling him buffalo brains and you're slating his way and you're slating his maw and the whole thing, it's a young South American guy who, by all accounts, had a difficult upbringing, has a limited education and for me the treatment of Alfredo over the piece in Scotland has been a fairly racist stain on the game. Considering at times Alfredo has flirted with the idea of being a world-class talent and a leading light in the Scottish game, instead of talking him up and talking up the fact that we've got a European class player who can do it at the upper reaches of least Europa League level, we by what by we I mean the media rather than Rangers fans as a country have done him down at every turn and mocked him and, and diminished him as a person and his talents and that's something that's never going to go away and he's never going to earn the respect and. I've sort of alluded to it before that I think his problems at the moment in terms of form, contract and all that are psychological, but won't go into that here. I certainly don't think that's helped. But we, he expects that from Hearts fans at Tyne Castle. And do you know what? As long as it doesn't step over the boundary, we all love a pantomime villain. We all love booing an opponent. Someday at Ibrox recently we were all jeering because connections with other clubs, whatever. It's part and parcel of the game, but it's stepped over the line with him. But what really disappointed me was, as you see, a Rangers favourite. Although I remember Neil McCann having some tough times at Ibrox as well and being bang out of form. And there was times when we would have happily driven him to Southampton. So it wasn't always sort of golden as far as he was concerned. For a guy who has made a good living or a side gig on Rangers TV, to come out and slate him with such vitriol and not that, but to do it in a way that he thinks he's off air, because he doesn't seem to be speaking into the mic, and he says he's an idiot, then he says something else. What does he say as a follow-up? He's an no, idiot, and then he... He says he's an idiot, and then he repeats it. He went the there boys. he goes again. Aye, the, there the he boys. goes again. That That's not the kind of thing you would say on air. So he thinks he's off air, Neil McCann. So my conclusion there is that the Neil McCann nice guy talks well about football act. It's just that, an act for our TV to get my gig... And at this moment in time, I'm I'm not big on overreacting or, or taking these things too seriously, but I would ban him from RTV. I wouldn't invite him back for, for that reason. I just think, stepped over the line, criticism's fair. We all criticise Morelos. Nobody more than me criticised his weight, criticised his effort, his attitude. I criticise him during games when he scored two goals. So he's no beyond criticism, Morelos. But there's a line of fairness where it's about his performance or his, even his professionalism. You can call that a question, I think that's valid. There is a line that gets crossed. It's good here. He's an idiot. The guy's just celebrating a goal. He's going to be a bit back. It's it's beyond the pale for me when we can. And I wouldn't make a big song and dance about it. I wouldn't make any great fanfare. And I wouldn't publicly say it. I would just never have him back. 
on our TV if that's the way Matt's to conduct himself. Jenny, what do you think about it? Well, I'm going to swear for the first time on this podcast, actually, I've been on it, but fuck him. Uh, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, honestly, take him and tell him to do one. Uh, I'll tell you why, actually. I, I totally agree with everything that they've said there. This, this country is quite xenophobic. And, you know, when it comes to, to Alfredo Morelos, and has been for a number of years, um, and I tend to agree with, with Dave as well. I got that feeling as well, that he didn't realise he was on mic, he was on air. Um, but this is the guy in Neil McCann that was cupping his ear to the Celtic support when he scored against him for us. This is a guy that was cupping his ear and uh, waving uh, 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 hip supporters when he was scoring for uh, hearts against Hibs. Uh, is he an idiot as well then? This is what I don't like about that. It's, what, it's one rule for everybody else and another rule for Alfredo Morelos and it's not on. Uh, and I have a real problem with uh, how would I put that? the sleekness of Neil McCann at times when it comes to this because I tend to agree with, with Dave yet again on this that uh, if he thinks he's uh, damaging himself in any way by saying that he wouldn't have said it, but he didn't realize. I don't. I genuinely don't believe that he realized that he was uh, going to be heard by the entire country. Um, I don't like him. Um, I never particularly have uh, when it comes to his um, his media stuff. I, I, there's something about him that I find a little bit uh, smarmy and unlikable. Put it, I'll put it that way. Uh, I don't particularly like him on RTV anyway, uh, and I do actually happen to think that if you're going to sit there and offend Rangers uh, Rangers uh, players in that manner and, and actually attack them in that manner, you shouldn't be on Rangers television at all. So I kind of disagree with you as well, Chris. I, I don't believe for a minute that you should ever come back on. Beat it. Get out. I don't like that. You, you need to know where your bread's buttered sometimes, and the amount of ex-Rangers players that are in our media that pander to the to the rest of them does my head in, and he's one of them, to be honest. So, no, uh, I agree with Dave. Uh, I wouldn't have him back on RTV at all. I actually wouldn't have him back at Ibrox. Away you go, then. If that's the way you feel about Rangers players, then, nah, not for me. No, it's, 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 a, it's a fair point with both of you, you know what I mean? I think, I think the Rangers fans will be... Um, fairly split on it however I think from what I've seen so far is they're more inclined to agree with both of you guys just uh, essentially what you said uh, Kenny fuck them um, it's it's just I, I get the whole smarmy thing I get the whole kind of arrogant thing about Neil McCann um, I, I just I, I refuse to believe that he actually thinks that of Alfredo Morelos and he never just said it because possibly a soft spot for hearts maybe came to the surface a wee bit um, and it was maybe a wee bit raging. Um, but you, you can never tell. I, f- I think at the very least we'll do an explanation, stroke an apology from whether we're going to get that. I don't know. I'm glad Michael Beale addressed it. I'm glad Michael Beale's aware of it. Um, and I think the club should be looking to speak to Neil McCann about this and obviously get his side of it. Because um, if it's a fling, if it's a fling away comment, I know it's two fling away comments, but if it's just because he's pissed off about something, listen, Chris, I'm going to stop you for a wee second. Apparently, I, I haven't heard it, so but apparently, after the game, 
with Richard Gordon and a number of others. He carried this on for a long, long time I see after the game last night. No, no, that's just a gender. Like, aye, no, if, if that's true, um, I can't defend that. That That is a gender-driven... No, apparently that's a definite. That This went on way after the game. They were discussing what an arsehole uh, Alfredo is. And Michael Beale nailed this bang on today when he turned around and said that there's nobody else on earth that has an issue with this apart from this parochial little country. Uh, it's it's an absolute nonsense, and it is xenophobic, and it's only because he is he is who he is, and he's an easy target because he won't talk to our media, and he never has, and all the rest of it. It's a joke. That, I don't like it. That's an excellent point. From what I gather, his his English is limited. He's never engaged with the media. He's never given them what they want, interviews wise, and that is a massive part. I think the fact that he's they're like well, Morelos thinks he's above us, so we're yeah. going to go after him. And he's had that, I, I, as I say, I'm his biggest critic. See if the three of us had been at the game last night standing together, I'd have said, he better watch, he's going to get booked. He shouldn't be, would have expressed it in that way, but we're not professional pundits. There was a valid criticism we had of, right, there's been a two-minute wait, Alfredo, wind it in a bit. Mm. But not for a professional pundit to use, to, to speak about it. language, clear, yeah. Vitriolic and, and use a pejorative term. So for me... Neil McCann, persona non grata, and I don't, I don't want to make a big song and dance about it, I haven't really thought about it, I haven't tweeted about it, but uh, I would just quietly move on, and if he want, if he thinks he's bread's butter on that side, that's fine, maybe losing the Rangers TV gig's not a big deal to him, but it would set the stall out that ex-players who criticise current players in those terms are totally not concur with that. welcome. They really do, exactly my thoughts on that, to be honest. Yeah, it was needless from McCann, um, but uh, the only surprising thing was that it, it did come from McCann. Um, I, I did expect some reaction to Alfredo Morelos because, do you know what, Alfredo Morelos scored two goals last night and the Scotland weren't going to just sit back and accept that, probably. So, um, aye, that's just the way of it. And it's been the way of it since the day that he arrived in these shows. And, and there is a very horrible undercurrent, you know I mean, an undertone of... Um, the racist tendencies there. I have to agree with that. Um, the, there's no way, a, you know, let's just say a white Argentinian striker of the same age and same skill set of Alfredo Morelos gets the the same abuse point for Rangers as as a, a black Colombian striker. Scottish um, strikers who do it are ten a penny. If for whatever miracle, Eamon Brophy scores in the first 10 minutes on Sunday, Saturday, you can bet your arse, I will bet you, that I will never appear on this podcast ever again, that he will hold his fingers to his lips and shut us up. Yeah. Or he'll do something, or he'll go behind the goal. Yeah. Or he'll do something. We get it week in, week out. Well, actually, Defenders. We've got, best, we've got the best example, really, don't we? Because Scott Brown scored against uh, Rangers for Aberdeen last season, and then they done the Alfredo Morelos celebration in front of the exactly. Rangers. And uh, that was... And it that, was funny, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was funny. According uh, to our media. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I actually forgot about that example. So, I mean, that that's your double standards. Scott Brown literally done the exact thing that uh, Alfredo Morelos done last night. And Scott Brown's instant was funny because Scott Brown's Scottish. There's no other... Scottish, it's, it's banter, yep. Yeah, 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 no, it's, it's a good point. But, look, I know I said I didn't want to get any negatives, but I actually forgot about the Neil McCann thing. I think it's definitely... Of a, of a, a conversation um, 
because I was really interested in hearing your thoughts on it. And now you're right, and obviously the with Kenny's information there about Neil McCann carried on the 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 tirade against Morelos. Um, that that just becomes an agenda. And um, as I say, from an ex Rangers player who I would class as a legend, um, it's nah, I, I I wouldn't. Would Neil McCann have allowed this sort of treatment from Mark Kately if Mark Kately was talking about I don't know Rod Wallace? Um, nah, I don't think he would have. So no. why he's doing it, I don't know why. Um, the game petered out. Rangers still dominant. Almost scored an own goal towards the end. Connor Golson VR um, decision for a handball was turned down. Right call again. The ball didn't hit his arm. Those ones always are quite dodgy because the angle you can't really tell if it did hit his hand or not because his hand was very close to the ball. But in actual fact, it did hit the kind of side of his body. But because his hand's so close to his body. You're always thinking, oh, the referee could even up here, but in, in actual fact, it, it, the right decision was was uh, came to there, um, and the final whistle went, and Rangers won three 0 And as I said, it's the most complete performance of the season to a man. Uh, if you go through the team, Tavernier, Davis, as you say, Kenny Davis had a very good game, fantastic reader of the ball, Connor Goldson, special mention. I don't think I've said this in the podcast. I've definitely said it on Twitter though. One of the best things that ever happened to Conor Golson in his Rangers career was getting injured because no one will ever take him for granted again. Certainly me. Conor Golson will annoy me in the future. Conor Golson did certainly annoy me in the past. But you know what? I'll never I'll never overstep the mark with him again because I don't want to see a Rangers team without Conor Golson because last night he was formidable. Lundstrom, fantastic. Kamara, fantastic. Tillman, fantastic. Sakala, fantastic. Kent, again, brilliant. And then obviously Alfredo Morelos. It was a real team performance. It was a real 7, 8 out of 10 from everybody across the board, apart from McGregor, who didn't really have much to do. Um, one so, and one save, he made a one and one save for Barry McKay. Oh, and caught. Oh, I, said that, I said that to my mate, I'm glad you brought that up, I forgot about that. Like, how half-hearted was that shot by Barry McKay? It was almost he, he didn't want to score. <laughs> and he bought a fairly stinging drive for Forrest quite well. So McGregor did make two contributions, albeit he was fucking this spectator for most of the night but oh, no, fair point like chip in if you obviously want to kind of highlight these things then that's that's why you're here so Kenny delighted listen mate I I, I, I sat with my mouth open wide agape <laughs> yesterday uh, last night watching it I, I couldn't believe how good we were because uh, you know I'm, I've been majorly optimistic about Michael Beale and I, I do believe that there's a uh there's a process that he's going through, and I have a funny feeling that he's he's actually been building up to this cup final. Uh, and I think last night was a major part of testing his team out uh, for this cup final coming up. That he knows it's a, probably the toughest gig he's going to have out with a Celtic game away to Tynecastle. Um, and he, we passed that test with flying colours tonight uh, last night. And I do think that. Uh, I would actually disagree with you and you're saying 7 or 8 out of 10. I, I wouldn't have had any player on the park last night any less than 8 out of 10. I thought they were exceptional to a man. Uh, and as a team, they looked like, oh, I, I, I would say it's been two years or more since I've seen a, a, a complete comp- uh, performance like that. So uh, delighted is, is an understatement, uh, to be honest with you. It's, they were absolutely exceptional last night uh, against a good team let's not kid ourselves on hearts are doing really well so yes more than delighted Chris yeah um, to Kenny's point there Dave this has to be the standard now for me that's a standard league winning side Rangers performance 
going to difficult ground, intensity, aggression, clever use of the ball, running off the ball, moving into space, working for your teammates. That is the standard, and it, it can't slip now. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think the term you used is that it has to be the baseline. So, um, no, I would, I would certainly agree with that. And if if that is the standard going forward, I think uh, Kenny, you've alluded to it. Um, it's going to be an exciting end to the season. So let's just let's just strap in and um, let's just enjoy it as much as we can. Because I, I think one of one of the points that I was talking to Dave last night was. I'm finding it really difficult to compartmentalise the fact that I'm I'm enjoying watching Rangers again, but I can't get away from the fact that we're still nine points behind. And the reason we're nine points behind is because I'm watching the guys who I'm enjoying watching. So I'm, I'm finding that really difficult to disassociate. And um, what I will say is, we keep playing like that with two old firm games still to come, the gap won't be nine points. It'll be less than that. So. Yep. That's the way that I'm. That's the way I'm trying to cope with my inner struggle at the moment because that is as a real struggle. You know what I mean? I'm, it's it's like I watched Lundstrom last night. I go, you're fucking phenomenal. How could you not have done this at Parkhead? You're fucking idiot. And then I'm like, no, what what am I doing? What am I doing? Like I'm not watching football to be angry. I'm watching football to enjoy it, and this is very enjoyable. And then it's like a wee gremlin. So that's that's going to be my approach. We continue in this vein of form with these performances. The the gap will naturally um, shorten because we've got the opportunities there to do it. We don't have to rely, well, in order to win the league, we obviously have to rely in a wee favour or two, but in terms of winning the league, I can part that at the moment and just look at the progress. Um, and, I mean, undoubtedly there is progress and it's really rather enjoyable watching Rangers again. And we now look forward to Saturday at three at Ibrox against Ross County um, where there will be a podcast previewing that match as well at some point this week also there'll be a podcast dropping about the transfer window where myself Kenny, Dave, Eddie and producer Andrew will have a kind of deep dive discussion about that um, and if you want to follow us on any of our social medias we're on Facebook, Twitter Instagram, TikTok, YouTube please like, follow or subscribe we're on Amazon Music we're on Apple Podcasts we're on Spotify, again if you could subscribe to any day free, whatever podcast supplier you use, the one subscribe, like, follow goes a long way with us. Um, and all your support and help is very much appreciated. So all that's left for me to do is thank my guest tonight. Um, kind of peek behind the curtain here. This has been a bit of a marathon podcasting session. We're now into three hours, 20 minutes, because we've pretty much just fired them all out in the one night. So... I would ra- I could say this offline, but I'd rather say it online because I really, really appreciate the dedication and the giving up your evening for this. Um, so first of all, Kenny, thanks very much, mate. I know you're a busy man. I know you're up early tomorrow. I know you're obviously going to work and greet your missus and all this kind of stuff. So I really, really appreciate the time that you've given me there. No, listen, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's great to talk about Rangers and it's great to talk about them all night. <laughs> so I'm happy, mate. Honestly, delighted and it's been cathartic, as Dave said uh, in a previous podcast. Yeah, brilliant, Kenny. I might hold you. I might hold you to that. So, if Ross County beat us four 0 at Ibrox, you're still willing to have a four hour conversation about Rangers with me? No. <laughs> it'd be a four if Ross County beat us four 0 it'd be four hours minimum. Uh, well, <laughs> I'd be I, ranting for. <laughs> I think I'll do four minutes of that four hours then, and I'm out of there. Aye. Um, Aye. 
Oh, uh, thanks very much, Kenny. And, and Dave, same with you, mate. I know you've also got the commitments. You're up early for your work tomorrow. Obviously, you've got your missus and you've got two young kids. So to give me so much time of your evening, um, I really, really appreciate that as well, mate. Nah, pleasure. As Kenny says, it's better than top of Rangers, especially when it's going well. So yeah. happy days. Exactly, mate. And uh, thank you to the listeners. As I said, there'll be three podcasts out this week. This one, the transfer uh, window one, and the, the podcast preview in the match at Ibrox against St. Johnson this Saturday. So if you could listen to these three, give us feedback, like, subscribe, follow. Um, it's all appreciated. And, and, and I speak for everyone, but we all really do appreciate it. Thanks very much. <laughs>